whatever it takes. Hello and welcome back everybody to that next and possibly biggest ever episode of the Cold Beer and Cool Movie Podcast. My name is Dustin. And I'm Lakeisha. And here we are back again with the podcast that talks about reviews, the bestest beers, the coolest movies, whatever it takes. (laughs) That's what we do, (laughs) whatever it takes, most weeks, but not every week because, you know, we have jobs. But this week, maybe the movie we've been waiting for the most ever. Ever? I don't know. It's big. It is big. big I will say this. We have now seen the movie you and I were most excited for, for pretty much all of 2018 and 2019. Oh, for sure. Right? Like, we, this is... The most anticipated movie we've been waiting for for 2019. And I will put that up against the final uh, Star Wars coming out in December. Oh, for sure. Right? Like, so, I mean, we're excited to see that as well. Mm -hmm. But I think we've both been like on the edge of our seats waiting for this movie. Yeah. Avengers. Endgame. 11 years. 22 total movies now in the making of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is the culmination of all of it. Three hours. I know. We've seen it twice. Right. I don't even know where to begin. I don't either. Yeah. It's it was so much. Yeah. And so, yeah. Like, we watched it the first time. Yeah. This is so good. Mm-hmm. And super overwhelming. I think we both kind of walked out of there with like, I don't know what just happened, but it was it was pretty cool, and and wow, I have a lot to process. Yeah. Uh, and then we went and saw it the second time. Yeah. Um, and no, I mean, I think we each noticed things that we had never noticed. Oh, the for sure. First time. Uh, and it was way more emotional the second time. Yeah, it was. So I think I was done being just overwhelmed by everything that was happening and so it was it had a deeper emotional impact on me even though i knew what was coming yeah the same here well if there's ever was a movie that required uh an adult beverage as we break it down it's this one it is so uh i'll go first this week okay and the beer review portion and this week i can't believe that i found what i found And it goes great because, you know, a little thematically, a little tribute uh, to uh, someone that we lost last week Um, from the world of Star Wars. uh, We lost uh, Peter Mayhew passed away. I know. Uh, Peter Mayhew, many other people might know him simply as Chewbacca. Uh, He was the man who was inside that walking carpet that Princess Leia complained about in the first Star Wars movie. And uh, he passed away. And therefore, I have, I was able to find from Level Beer, which is another brewery from Portland, Oregon, Mm -hmm. a beer that is called, let me see if I can get my best Han Solo voice uh, ready. (laughs) She's fast enough for you, old man. That is the name of the beer. It's an IPA. She's fast enough for you, old man. IPA doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. 
Uh, it's a hazy IPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, a hop named Galaxy from a country far, far away. 6.9% alcohol by volume. It's a hazy IPA. It doesn't say so on the can, but it's clearly it's what it is. It's clearly a hazy IPA. Clearly what it is. Um, I've gone to uh, Level's uh, website, and it says what most breweries say about their, you know, how they're, oh, we're unique, and we make, spe- and we care about the ingredients, and special beer, and blah, 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 blah. I was looking for them to say something about how they name their beer because all their beers are named after pop culture stuff right a lot of video game references which is pretty cool which is pretty cool their cans look like like there's a couple of super mario uh mm-hmm. inspired names and the cans look like it mortal Kombat. there's a ready player one beer that they made and then this and it says nothing about their you know pop culture influences that decided why they decided to name their beers that way right it's kind of a bummer so, but anyway, um, this beer is, it's very, I mean, I like it. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of, it's a, a lot of pineapple flavor to me. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty good. Fruity, a good hazy to me. Uh, but yeah, since it's such a clear Star Wars reference and having uh, Peter Mayhew having passed away. And if you follow me on social media and, uh, and you follow me on Facebook, you would have seen a post I made about how I actually got to meet Peter. Mm-hmm. A couple years ago, you were there. You witnessed it. I did witness it. I uh, saw it. A Rose City Comic Con, I think. It was Rose City Comic Con. Maybe two years ago, he was there. And I got to go up and uh, shake his hand. And he clearly... It was well known that Peter was had struggled with like knee and back. He's a big guy, mm-hmm. you know, pushing seven feet tall or whatever. Knee and back issues for a long time. And you could see that he was, he was struggling hurting. with that. Right. He was hurting. But he was so nice, like to everybody who came up, and I got to, you know, walk up and shake his hands. Like I don't have anything for you to sign, but Star Wars meant, meant a lot to me uh, over the years, and I just want to say I can't pass up the chance to say hello to Chewbacca and say thank you for being such a big part of that and for that character. And he kind of, and he, you know, straightened himself up, you know, because he he would slouch after every person would pass him by, and then he straightened himself up for the next person, and you could tell he was fighting it, and he just like and. You know, shook my hand and a very deep British accent said, no problem. (laughs) (laughs) That was that was it. It was very short. But I love being able to see say that I met Peter. So anyway, this beer is for him. Uh, She's fast enough for you, old man from Level Beer. Awesome. All right. Uh, So I went in a very different direction this week. Yeah. Yes, you so, did. So, um, uh, we've talked, I think, in, I don't know, what is this, our 87th, 86th podcast? Something like that, yeah. Um, I think almost all of them have been some variation of, like, an IPA. Uh, <laughs> for you? <laughs> for me. Yeah. Right? I, that's what I said. For mm-hmm. me. Okay, I didn't hear that. Yeah. Um, so, this week, um, I actually am, I'm not actually drinking this. I'm sort of drinking it. Yeah. I'm eating it. It's in there. Uh, the Belching Beaver Peanut Butter Milk Stout, mm-hmm. right? And we've talked about Belching Beaver before yeah. because uh, I had the uh, Phantom Bride and I had to do it twice that's because right. that's it, there right. was that's a, that, that's a bad can, yeah. right? Um, but uh, yeah, Belching Beaver was um, established in 2012. Uh, it's from California. Uh, so... Every, I mean, if you know me at all, you know I don't necessarily like stouts. Right. Uh, but this is a peanut butter milk stout, and it really is like peanut butter chocolate. 
Mm. That's what it tastes like to yeah. me. Yeah. So uh, I've I had a sip of this not too long ago, and I was like, you know what would be really good with this? Ice cream. Oh. So okay. I actually have a uh, peanut butter milk stout ice cream float Very that nice. I am drinking. Yeah. So I have some uh, French vanilla ice cream, and then I poured my uh, peanut butter milk stout over it. Yeah. And I have both a spoon and a straw, and I will be enjoying. My little uh, beer float. Okay. And and what do you think of your concoction, of your dessert? The You know, I kind of feel like if I, I should have blended this up and made it just an actual milkshake. Okay. Because it tastes really good then. Right. Um, every once in a while I get more stout than, than ice cream, cream stout. Sure. And that I'm not too sure about. Okay. But uh, once you start mixing it up and as the ice cream is melting, yeah. it's quite delicious. Okay. So for Great tonight, idea. we'll be yeah. talking about Endgame while I drink my beer milkshake. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. So that is, that's what's on tap this week. And now, I don't even know how to, Avengers Endgame. Um, well, just get the, the normal stuff out of the way. If you haven't listened to us before, uh, we each come up with our three favorite things or bits or themes or whatever it is our three favorite things about a certain movie we don't share them with each other until we record this podcast uh this is this but this movie is so big oh man i mean coming up with three things i mean i don't even know i mean i I got three things figured out and written down but you know we could do this entire podcast and record it go over everything and do it all over again tomorrow, it'd be completely different. Oh, yeah. Because there's just so much. And I'm sure that um, the three things that I would have picked after seeing it the first time yeah. are different than the three things I picked out I picked out after the second time. Yeah. And I'm, I am imagine it'll be three different things after I see it a third time. Oh, for sure. So, but yeah, it was hard. I actually wrote down a lot of things, and I've got to decide which are my top three. Yeah. I'll decide that as we... As okay. we go through the podcast. I do want to say, though, like uh, uh, the Russo brothers, the directors, you know, have like they did with Infinity War. They issued like a letter to the fans about, you know, please, not everybody can see it opening night or even opening weekend. Don't spoil the end game. Hashtag Thanos demands your silence. Right. Right. But they did say that as far as they're concerned, that uh, that spoiler free time ended like on this just yesterday. This is Monday. Right. The May 6th, it was like yesterday where they officially said, okay, we're done with that. You know, that our, our, our ask is now over. Right. You know, we figure that's enough time for everybody. If you haven't seen it by now, that's on you. And that, and so we're reporting our podcast post that. So mm-hmm. you're welcome, Russo Brothers. Yes. Well, that was also because they were trying to get ready to release the second trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home. Right. And they were like, well, we can't release that because it contains spoilers Okay, well, we're releasing it on the 5th, so there, that's the final day. <laughs> right. There's that, too. That, that just came out today, yeah. Okay, so my, I guess, my first favorite thing about in-game. Yeah. Okay, well, just I, really or, quickly, let's sure. just kind of generally say, Yeah. Um, I think it's evident by now, but we both really like this movie. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Yes. It's really great. Um, I mean, it's not perfect, Continuing the line, uh, the streak of movies since the beginning of movies. Mm-hmm. There's never been a perfect movie as far as I'm concerned. Right. But this is this is so great. It was so 
fun and big and just, I mean, a three-hour movie, and we've seen it twice, and both times it didn't feel like it was three hours long. No. No, so, I would agree. Yeah. I would also say, um, so I remember when they when the we the first Avengers movie came out, and everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, there's like five major characters. How are they all gonna share enough screen oh my time?" God. And yeah. then and yeah. they did it. They did it really well, right? Yeah. And then Avengers: Age of Ultron came out, and they're like, "How will they do it twice? That's incredible." Um, and then they did, and it was great. Right, and then, and then Avenger or Captain, Captain America: Civil War. Civil War, and there was like, there's it's just no way. Avengers 2.5. It's essentially what that is. There's no way that they could totally do this well, and they're bringing Spider-Man in uh-huh. and T'Challa. There's no way that this is going to work out well. Right. Ah, right. And then of course, Civil War is one of the best. Yeah. Um, Marvel movies they've done, right? So then they get we get to Avengers: Infinity War, and I think by that time people were like, okay, maybe they can do. Maybe it. we can. Maybe it's okay to raise our expectations, right? And then Endgame again. I saw a lot of people people who were like, well, how are they going to do it? How are they going to just have everybody share the screen? Yeah. Um, and I think they did a good job. I mean, not perfect, right. not great, but I think they did a really good job. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. When I can remember when the first Avengers came out, thinking the same thing. Like uh, most superhero movies at that point, once they got past the first one and they tried to incorporate multiple villains and too many characters, it just turned into a mess. I was like, well, this is going to be stupid. Mm -hmm. They haven't learned anything. Yeah. And then I saw it, and it was incredible. And you're like, yes, they have. So yeah. So and this is the most incredible one yet. Uh, yes. I would agree. So right. I feel like I don't even know. I mean, I get that they're starting a new phase now. Right. Right. But I also feel like I need more time to recuperate from this one. Yeah. Before they move into phase four. Whatever. Yeah. I, I Yeah. But anyway. But anyway. we're not going to get to because Spider-Man Far From Home is coming out later this year. Yep. So, okay. What's your number one? My number one that I'm going to go with, and this is almost a tribute I guess to a bunch of previous movies is I just have to say it's Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't. He wasn't in Infinity War a ton. I mean, he was there, but he didn't say a lot. Didn't have a lot to do with the plot. He was there throwing punches and whatever, mm-hmm. but didn't have much of a, a character arc, if you will. But you know, I figured, well, they'll make up for that in Endgame. In and the they next, do. And they do. And really. Chris Evans's portrayal of Steve Rogers have become one of my most favorite things about all of these movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first Thor and Captain America movies were released the same year. And, I, and the first Captain America movie, I think, is the only Marvel movie I did not see in the theater. Oh, wow. I saw Thor in the theater, and then I rented Captain America out of like a red box or something later. And I remember after I seeing Captain America, I wish that I could somehow reverse that because mm-hmm. I liked it so much better. And um, and what I love about his portrayal over all these movies is, I mean, to me, he's he's this generation's Superman. Yeah. I mean, everything that Warner Brothers and DC can't get right about their own character, Marvel has in this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up when I was a little kid. The first two Superman movies with Christopher Reeves. I loved. I watched oh, them yeah. over and over and over and over. 
there somewhere around this house there is a dingy old Superman pillowcase <laughs> that dates back to that time as my childhood. I love those movies, and I see what I loved about Superman then I see in this character today. It shows that you can have this genuinely earnest good man as your hero and have him still be compelling. He doesn't need to be edgy and broody and whatever. Right. right? And he also doesn't need to be perfect. Correct. And he's not. He just, one of my favorite lines that he has throughout the movies is in Civil War when he's he's talking to Tony about, you know, the best hands are still our own. Mm -hmm. You know, he still has that faith in what we can do. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, and I, and I love that about him. And he just, his work in this, especially in this movie, there are so many cool moments, like big moments, of course. But I think my favorite, I don't know about, say, but I'm going to pick a small one for this, for this part of the podcast. Early on in the movie, uh, shows Cap essentially leading like a, like a group therapy session, mm-hmm. I guess. And, you know, and talking to some guys. One of the uh, Russo brothers uh, it plays a, a part in this scene. Uh, Jim Starlin, the creator of Thanos, is in this, which I found interesting. Um, but, like, it ends with Cap telling the guys in this therapy session, he's like, about how the need, you know, it's really hard. We, everybody lost somebody. But we have to move on. We have to keep living life. Because we don't keep living our life, then Thanos should have just killed us all. But he says those words, and if there is a look that comes across Evans's face, that just lets you know, and it's just a subtle thing, but it lets you know he fucking hated saying that. Right. He didn't believe it. He didn't want to say it. He hated saying having to say those words. And he admits as much in the next scene when he's talking to Widow. Right. And that scene's in the trailer. And he's like, you know, we're supposed to move on, you know. But not us. Right. That's not what we are. You know, we don't do that. And I loved that. That scene where he's doing the right thing because I'm Captain America. This is what I'm supposed to say. But God damn it if I hate saying it because, <laughs> because mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, just Captain America throughout this movie has so many cool little moments. Big ass, you know, cheer for, cheer for your guy moments. Right. And, yeah, he's the best. Well, it's interesting that you say that because my number one had something to do with Captain America as well. Okay. But mine is uh, specifically the the time heist. Yeah. Where he and um, Ant-Man and Tony, uh, Tony yeah. go back in time to try and steal the Mind Stone and the... Uh, uh, oh, oh, they try to get the Time Stone. The no, well, Hulk, Hulk goes off to go get the, the Time, time stone, stone, right? Right. They are there trying to get the Mind Stone... Um, and the, the Tesseract, the, the space, Tesseract, the space, space stone, stone, right? Yeah. Yep. So, um, I just, I love his portion of the, of the, the of the stealing of the Mind Stone. Yeah. So like he walks in and he walks into the elevator mm-hmm. with Rumlow and Sitwell, um, and a bunch of other big, uh, guys from the tactical team. Mm-hmm. And what I love about that is for a moment, everybody's like, Elevator scene! Elevator scene! We're right. going to get another elevator scene. From, from Winter Soldier. From Winter Soldier. Right. So I was totally prepping for that. And then um, he turns and does the best move where he leans over and he's like, oh, well, yes, uh, this, you know, the senator wants you to give it to me. Da, da, da. And then he leans over, puts his hand on Sitwell's shoulder and leans in and just goes, 
hail Hydra. Yes. And at that moment, because he knows, he are, you know, because he's from the future, he knows that they're Hydra. Yep. And just kind of their surprise looks. And then the fact that he, he like walks away from out of the elevator with the with the mind stone, the, the right. scepter, and he just smirks. Right? He's just got this little yeah. smile. And it's great on so many levels because in Winter Soldier, there's a consistent message like, Cap, you don't know how to lie very well. You need to learn how to lie better. Right. And clearly he's learned how to lie. Yeah. But also, it's just this great little moment where he kind of gets to use his knowledge mm-hmm. um, just to get one over. And then it's a great a great um, homage to the comic books. Uh, what was it? Secret War or Secret, Secret in, of, Oh, it's not Secret, Secret Avengers. Secret Empire. Empire. That's right. Um, where uh, Captain is a Hydra agent. Right. Right. So that's great. And so you're still reeling from that because you've just gone from we're going to get an elevator scene to oh, he used Hydra. Yeah. Right. And then he turns the corner and he runs into his past himself. self. Like yeah. his 2014 self. Or 2012 self, right? Yeah. And he's like, crap. And the older Cap is like, thinks he's Loki, which makes perfect sense. Yep. Um, and then they start battling, right? Mm-hmm. And um, future Cap is like, Ugh, you know, like, okay, I don't want to fight you. Right. But they know each other's moves. They know how to fight each other. Um, and then there's the moment where old Cap goes, I could do this all day. And... Like Steve, future Steve goes, oh, yeah, I know. Right. And I just love the exasperation. Like, oh, I sound like such an ass when I say that, don't I? Because he says that so frequently in his yeah. movies. And you just love like older, wiser Cap. It's just like, oh, I was so arrogant back then. Yeah. Um, and then they keep fighting and it's great. Um, and then the icing on the cake is he's, he's knocked out old Cap. You know, young, you know, 2012 cap, and he's got the scepter, and he steps up and he looks down and goes, That is America's ass, yeah. as he admires his own ass. <laughs> as I like, because that I've always disliked the Captain America costume they gave him in that movie. So mm-hmm. I love that they kind of admitted that that wasn't such a, wasn't so strong. Right. You know, which is pretty funny. And, uh, and yeah, and that it like shows, you know, that Captain America, while, like I mentioned, him being so earnest, you know, over the years has learned that maybe, you know, to embrace like, some, maybe there's a little darker side right side to him, as as dark as he can more get. More cynical. Yeah. Not, or not even more cynical, more, le- not, I don't even, like maybe less optimistic or something. Yeah. I don't know. But I just loved his annoyed tone when, you know, younger Cap is like, I could do this all day. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Like, he's just yeah. So annoyed. That he used Loki's scepter to essentially mind control himself. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. Also, Cap has evolved to swear. Captain America swears. Yeah. Like, I don't know, four or five times in this movie, which mm-hmm. I noticed in the first one um, where he walks around the corner and he's like, oh, son of a bitch. And I'm like, Cap, and I wanted to refer to Age of Ultron and be like, Captain, is, you know, he's using language, a bad language right. word, bad language word. Yeah. But he swears quite a bit. So you've definitely got a, a world uh, yeah, a more weary Captain America. America. Yeah. But it's great. Yeah, it is. It is. All right. So. so for my second thing, and this is a more of a bigger general thing, is just the ambition of it all. 
Yeah. You know, I've since we've seen it, I've let, you know, as I was, you know, trying to go, you know, spoiler free, you know, other than looking at the Rotten Tomato score, I wasn't reading any reviews or anything. But now that we've seen it a couple of times, I've let my, I've read some stuff. One of the things I've seen printed a couple of times, which I agree with, is how Endgame isn't afraid of being a comic book movie. Right. Um, yes. It is really the biggest example of how Marvel both respects its source material and isn't embarrassed by it. Unlike other studios, <coughs> Warner Brothers, <coughs> who, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe, you know, don't get what they have. And it's, I mean, they take this big, ambitious, you know, this is the one movie where, like, if you haven't seen the other Marvel movies, you might, you're going to be kind of lost. Oh, yeah. Most of the other ones, you could see them individually and figure it out. But this movie, they're like, if you haven't been in since the beginning, that's on you. Get on board. Get on board because it's going to get crazy and we don't care. Right. And I love that. That's just like when, when you're a kid and you're in your first comic book, you're reading issue number 240 of Spider-Man. What the hell happened before that? You don't know because you're nine. Right. You know, but you just figure it out. And so that's great. And just the big, you know, all the time travel stuff. You know, they didn't make this movie for the broad general public. And they don't care. Right. They don't care. If you haven't been paying attention, that's your fault. Um, and I'm sure they could have come up with a more d- simpler, dumber solution to everything. But they didn't. They went, you know, comic book nuts <laughs> with trying to, to solve the snap from Infinity War. And I love the ambition. You know, did they a thousand percent stick the landing? You know, probably not. Right. But... Everything in this movie is done so well that I don't care. Right. I don't care. Uh, 11 years, 22 movies, the culmination of a story that's never been tried to be told before, you know, over such a grand scale and such a grand movie uh, is just incredible. And I just love that they, you know, didn't get scared mm-hmm. and try to do something you so know, I don't I know think what the right this word is, is what happens when both your directors and your producer, mm-hmm. your executive producer, are fans of their material. Yeah. Right? Like, they are fans of their material, so they dove in. They just dove right on in, and they were like, we're making a, a, a Marvel superhero movie. Yeah. And we're telling one of the bigger stories yes. that they were capable of telling, you know, that was told in the comic book lore. Um, and they were, but because they were fans of their material, um, you didn't have like the guys in suits, the execs in suits being like, well, you know what would be really great for our toy line? We need right. to make sure that you do blah, 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 blah. Right. Right. And, um, and so, which I think is a mis- one of the mistakes that other movies have made, right? Um, I, you know, we, I think I've been pretty clear, like Superman, uh, the new remake of Superman, Man of Steel, stuff like that, I don't really like. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like they didn't, they didn't like their starting, their source material. No, I've always like, felt that. Yeah, that, we've yeah. got, we've got Superman, but you know what would be better? A dark and broody superhero. Right. That would be good. We got to make it gritty. 
Right. Like, that's not who Superman yeah. is. That's not how any of his comic books are. That's not how the cartoons are. That's not Superman. That's not the right? Superman we know. That's right. not the Superman America knows. It's not the Superman America wants. Cor- that, yes, even more you so. Know? Yes. And so I think that that is, um, that's, the, that's the missing piece from like, I would say the X-Men universe from mm. Mar- from DC. And it wasn't until really, I think the first person who liked their source material was Wonder Woman, was Patty Jenkins. Oh, for DC. Right, for yeah. DC. Yeah. And because she liked her source material um, and she honored it and recognized who is Wonder Woman mm-hmm. and what is the Wonder Woman character and what is the Wonder Woman character that people want to see? Right. You know, that America loves or that the world is going to love and embrace. And it's not going to be a dark and gritty and cynical Wonder Woman. You know? Right. That's not who she was. It's not who superheroes are. By their nature, they're supposed to be optimistic Mm -hmm. and have a better hope for the future. With the possible exception of Batman. Right. I mean, there are are exceptions. Right. But, but, you know, and so I think in this case, that's what Marvel gets. Yeah. Kevin Feige loves what he does. Yeah. Right? And he he respects his material. So when he selects his writers and his directors, that that they all have to do that too. Yeah. And I think you see that in the quality of the films. It's part of the reason Dark World didn't work. Right? I yeah. I would submit that their director did not like their source material. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't even remember who their director was other than they exactly. changed. Yeah. It's I mean, the Dark World wasn't bad, but it also wasn't memorable. Right. And I think it's because they didn't, you know, yeah, I don't know. They, but anyway, so that's what I would say here is that that's what I, um, anyway, so that the moral of the story is yeah. you get something like Endgame, mm-hmm. which is clearly a superhero movie. They're not ashamed to say it. They're not right. going to be like, oh, superhero fatigue. They're like, nope, this is what we're making. Yep. We're going to have all these heroes in it. It's going to be gonna, awesome. There's going to be... Buckle no, up. No. <laughs> Everybody's going to time travel. We're going to pull characters out of different points in time. Right. Things are going to be shrunk, grown, death. Right. Rebirth. Undo death. It's going to be Portals. Flying horses. You know, it's... <sighs> yeah. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Correct. Wonderful. Correct. All right. So... Uh, that was not actually my number two. So no, I guess that was now, my number two that we were still talking right, about. Right, we were still talking about that. Because there's so much to talk about. There is. Okay. I have so many here. I am not sure what to make as my second number two. But I'm going to have to go with Carol Danvers fighting Thanos. Okay. Like, this mm-hmm. comes near the end. Yeah. Um, I was, in general, disappointed that more of Carol Danvers was yeah. not in the movie. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think it's because I so loved Captain Marvel, the movie. So I was like, oh, we're going to get more Carol Danvers. And we got some Carol Danvers. I think this may have been a logistical thing. Right. Because she filmed all this stuff before before she filmed her own movie, Mm -hmm. which is weird. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but still it works. It's just a bummer. She's not in it more. Right. And ultimately that's just it. Like I just wanted to see her more. Right. But when she comes in at the end Mm -hmm. and starts fighting Thanos, it's awesome. I was super excited. It was Mm -hmm. great. She, uh, she comes in like Thanos has had his first moment of panic. 
Um, and I love that Thanos' moment of panic has come from um, the strongest women in the Marvel Universe because he's panicking because yeah. Scarlet Witch is pissed. Her eyes are glowing red. She's so angry. She was going to kill him. Right. Well, she's still, I mean, she, you figure she just woke up and for her vision, has she's just watched the vision be murdered, right? Right. So she, um, so she's angry and she's attacking Thanos. She's trying to kill him and he's showing his first signs of fear because she is going to kill him. Uh, so he asks the gunships, um, to start firing. Yeah. And so they do, they're firing down into the ground and all of a sudden they just stop Mm -hmm. and they aim up into the sky and everyone's like, what are they aiming at? And it's because Carol Danvers comes zooming in and yep. just destroys that ship in seconds. Yeah. Like the you think the destruction she did in Captain in Captain Marvel where she destroys the, the Kree ships. The Kree ships right. It yeah, like that's epic. She just smashes through this like it's mm. tissue paper. It's great. Um and then she comes down and then she starts fighting um Thanos, because he's got the glove on now. Right. Um, and sh- he's ready. He's trying to close to a fist and snap his fingers. And she races in there, and she's got him. Like, she almost does the same move that Captain America does in Infinity War, where she's trying to hold, where they're, she's holding his hand open. Right. Except she's being successful. Like, right. she's not only holding his hand open, she's bending his fingers. And I think I even was like, oh, is she going to break his fingers? Like, I was expecting something like right. that. He tries to headbutt her. Right. Yeah. He headbutts her. And, and she doesn't, doesn't do anything. She doesn't move. Yeah. Right? I love it. And she just kind of smirks at him. Yeah. While she does it and continues to mm-hmm. bend. And she, like, and you can, again, you see him nonplussed. Like, he takes on Thor. Yeah. And... Um, Captain America and everybody else in stride. Like, I'm just going to fight you. Like, I'm in my supreme confidence. And first with the Scarlet Witch and now with Captain Marvel, he's for, he's finally like, oh shit, yeah. I could lose. And mm-hmm. the only way he's able to, to survive it is, is when he pull it because he understands how the Infinity Stones work. Right. So he pulls out the Power Stone and like punches Punch. her. Right. And then, you know, she's caught off guard. But, like, it's short, but it's amazing. And Mm -hmm. I loved watching her fight Thanos because at the beginning of the movie, she says, um, you know, they're like, well, what makes it different this time? And she goes, because this time you have me. Like, you didn't have me the last time, and I can take him. And at the end of the movie, you're like, yep, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. she could totally take him. Yeah. (laughs) And I actually really liked it was I thought it was clever how they came up with because you know like, like they showed in Infinity War that he has to he has to essentially have the gauntlet like fist closed to use it mm-hmm. anytime even if he's just using a specific stone it's always activated when he has the the gauntlet mm-hmm. closed in a fist and they um, and so and so when they're like fighting him uh, in Infinity War with like Iron Man the Guardians whatever they're holding the hand open so he can't just activate right. ever, anything. And she's doing that by herself. So I thought it was cl- a clever way, even though it's the villain, you know, mm-hmm. getting it, uh, you know, getting over on her, that he had to pull the power stone out. Right. You know. That was to, the only way to the activate it. The only way to be able to use it, to be able to, to overpower her. Right. I thought that was that was a fun, clever use of the, of the stone. Right. Of the stones. And it was the exact thing that Tony needed to know. Oh, I got to take the stones off. <laughs> yeah. A reminder, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. it's not about the gauntlet. It's mm. about the stones. Yeah. 
So. Okay. So anyway, so I love that. It was great. Yeah. Um, she's such a powerhouse. Yeah. I'm so excited to see more Carol Danvers. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, that kind of ties into my last thing that I'm going to, well, I'm going to use my last thing. I'm decided to use this as my last thing. <laughs> uh, is that just, that just final throwdown yeah. is possible, is just the biggest movie spectacle I think maybe I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And just from, uh, you know, we get like a, the, the original kind of triumvirate of the Avengers, Cap Thor and Iron Man, mm-hmm. try to take on Thanos, the three of them. And it eventually just gets down to just Captain America. And he takes a bit of a beating. And there's that, a bit where you, in the trailers where he kind of pulls himself up and you can see he's kind of bleeding from the mouth. And his his hands are shaking. And he just he just straps the, the shield down a little tighter. Right. And it's just Thanos and all of his, you know, his warriors, like the Black Order... Uh, the Outrider aliens are coming, you know. And he's like, well, it's just down to me. I'm walking to my end. This is right. how I'm going to go. And I'm okay with that. He straps the shield down. He's walking to his death. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, you hear a little radio crackle. And then you hear Sam Wilson's voice. I know. On your left, Cap, on your left. And then you see the sparkle circle of one of the Doctor Strange, you know, portals. Mm-hmm. And uh, Black Panther... And Shiri and um, Okoye walk through. I know. And then another portal opens and someone else walks through. And then all of a sudden, your movie screen, and they even pan the camera in a way that makes it look like reality is a piece of Swiss cheese. Because you can see on one side of all these portals opening where the battle is taking place. And on the other side, all these different places where people are coming through. Mm-hmm. You know, all the wizards that Doctor Strange is bringing right. to fight. You know, the Wakandans, the Guardians, whoever else they bring. I tried, the second time I tried to watch, you know, or the, I was like, is there, did they get some Kree to fly in? I couldn't tell. There's just no, so they much have going some, on. Uh, Ravagers. The Ravagers. Howard the Duck is apparently in there somewhere. I looked right. for him. I couldn't find him. The Asgardians. The Asgardians. It's so big. Right. Uh, and it's just so massive. And it's just so, you know, huge comic book event. Glorious! It's a big two-page, you know, spread that come to life, and um, just it's so great. And then plus, but it starts with a callback to uh, the Winter Soldier. The whole like, you know, on your left, it's Captain right. America's, you know, best friend. You know, on your left, everybody comes in, and uh, to mention what you said about Carol, I love that because like you talked about the Scarlet Witch. She is going to kill him. Thanos right. is going to die. And he orders his the sanctuary, his ship, to just start, just raise the ground. Just start firing at the ground. Kill our people. I do not care. You have to do this. Right. It's the only way I survive. It's the only way that she doesn't murder me. And then all of a sudden the gun, and they do that, and then all of a sudden the guns turn to the sky. Mm-hmm. And they turn to the sky, and if, you, if you're watching this movie and you have any, know anything what's going on, you know it's because Carol Danvers has just hit the atmosphere. Even if you haven't seen her yet. And... Out of this big, huge spectacle battle, I think the most beautiful shot when she comes in from the sky, punches through that big ship, but then comes around and comes up from the ground, up straight through the top of it, and just, you know, and then punches through the top of it and into the sky with kind of like the sun behind her and like the light, just kind mm-hmm. of this starburst of her, you know, blowing it up like that is just incredible. Right. So, such a beautiful shot. 
you know, that I don't care that it was probably all rendered in a computer. <laughs> you know? It was visually stunning. Yeah. Right? And there were a couple of scenes like that. Like you're saying the comic book spread yeah. of the sorcerers with their portals. Yeah. Right? As mm-hmm. those open up. That's a comic book spread. Yeah. A two-page fold out. Right. You know, every character in a, in a thing doing Is, something. Yeah. Right. Just, yeah. And then the scene where all the women are there, where Captain Marvel has the gauntlet. Right. And then he's like, how are you going to do that alone? And they're like, oh, she's not alone. And you get to see uh, the Wasp and Okoye and Valkyrie and uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Right. Pepper Potts. Pepper Potts as uh, rescue. Although I think she's not necessarily uh, rescue. No, she's, she's not rescue. She's just rescued. got her own, her own Iron, Iron Armor. Um, the Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. Like, they're all there. And, you know, you... and. Of course, there is some trolls out there that are like, oh, they got to have the woman power thing. And I was like, damn straight so they do. What? Black Widow, like, killed herself, like, mm. died for this. I think you can handle a little bit of right. girl power. Right. So where was your complaining about the three dudes going to take Thanos on by themselves? Right. Exactly. Right? I mean, why, that, wasn't, that wasn't too fan service-y. But the one time you put every female character in a scene it's like, is a problem. Right. Whatever. Yeah. So, but I agree that there were in that final battle, there were some epic, um, like straight out of they 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 look like they should have been drawn in a comic book. Right. Um, they were beautiful. It was. I mean, it's nothing that I would have ever anybody could have imagined seeing. Right. You know, even ten to fifteen years ago. Right. Incredible. I would agree with that. Okay, my. Third thing, and I'm scrolling through because I just want you to know I have seven things written down. Okay. Um, and this isn't necessarily so I liked this, um, but it was more because it added this movie in a way that um, showed the character arcs of so many of our people, right? Like, right. You see Iron Man, you think back to where Iron Man was and Tony Stark was in his first movie mm-hmm. to where he is here. Yeah. Um, Captain America, like being so, you know, cutely, almost nauseatingly optimistic and hopeful. Right. I mean, he's still hopeful, but he's more realistic. You see yeah. all these character arcs. And so Thor's character arc, while more tragic, mm-hmm. I think also was exceptionally powerful. Like, I get it. There were people who were really frustrated because they felt that this was a lot of um, used for a laugh and fat shaming. Yeah. And maybe a little bit. But I also think that if you look at the authenticity of the characters, all of the characters, like Rocket Raccoon only knows how to be snarky smartass. Mm-hmm. And so for him to be making the comments that he does, you're like, well, that's definitely Rocket Raccoon. It's not like he's out of character. Right. Um, but I think the thing with Thor is when we when we see him, right, it's five years after he's chopped Thanos' head off. Mm-hmm. But, um, and he is clearly somebody who is so... Um, full of self self loathing and depression, um, that of course that he's you can just he's hiding his pain like every yeah. Chris Hemsworth does an amazing job of every time you look at Thor, 
in this movie, like five year in advance Thor, you see somebody who is, um, who, who feels he has failed, who feels like a failure. Mm-hmm. Like just the pain that he's able to express in his face every time yep. is amazing because you think about this, like in a very short amount of time, he has lost his father. Yep. His hammer was destroyed. He lost his eye. He killed his sister. He watched his planet get destroyed. Right. Um, th- with the people that survives, right? He watches almost half of them get killed by Thanos. He right. watches Heimdall, his best friend, get killed by Thanos. He watches his brother get killed by Thanos. Mm-hmm. Um, his mom. Right. I-, I mean, his mom, but he's dealt with his mom's death for a couple of years by this point in time. So that's sure. not that that's easy. But he's had, so that death at least he's been living with. But then he has all of these ex- other deaths. And then he failed to stop the snap in many ways. And you can see that he feels responsible because when he threw Stormbreaker, he didn't go for the head and he didn't cut off the arm. The two things he does when they go back at the start of Endgame to it, right? Right. First thing he does is chop off his arm. Mm-hmm. And the second thing he does is chop off his head. Both of which, as you kind of watch him later on, you realize those are the, that's because he's like, that's what I should have done. Right. And now that Had I, I did done, it. Right. But now it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Had he done either of those two things and many a, a cartoon, right? Right. Um, pointed those things out in, you know, in memes and stuff and that how it should have ended. That was right. one of the things they talk about. Um, so he, so, you know, so he's got to live with all of this, with that over staggering amount of grief. So the idea that he would drown his sorrows in alcohol and try and And self-medicate like, yeah, yeah, like he does, like he does and, and pretend that everything's okay by just, I'm not going to worry about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like that was an authentic character arc. Right. You know? And so, and then you see him at the end and he's kind of still, you kind of get the impression that he's still hung, he's hung over, right? Right. <laughs> but he, it, because he, he wants to do the snap and you can almost see it, de- he's desperate. Right. Like, you have to let, let me, me do this. It. I have to be the one. Right. As though he's like trying to seek redemption. Mm-hmm. And so I just felt his story, his character arc was so powerful. Okay. Right? And was so poignant. And yes, there are laughs, you know, the big Lebowski and you look like melted ice cream and, you know, which, but I also feel like those were all, like, when is, again, Tony Stark is is always mean to everybody and making quips and cracks and things like that. So I don't necessarily think any of them were necessarily trying to shame him. I mean, even if he had looked perfectly manicured, they would have been like, oh, well, somebody hasn't aged a day. I guess it's great when you're, you know, like. Right. Yeah, it's it's, I've thought about that a a bit because like the criticism of it, you know, the body shaming or fat shaming or whatever you want to call it, you know, I get that criticism. Mm -hmm. And maybe, you know, and maybe they bang that drum for jokes a little too much. Right. You know, I, I get that. But I find it interesting as a choice that, you know, this, I mean, look at what he looked like in Ragnarok. Right. You know, there's the, you know, he's got a shirt off, you know, a couple of times at that. And he is, you know, negative body fat ripped, you know, so that they chose to take this god of thunder who looks like that 
all the time in all these other movies and turn him into, you know, what he looks like in this for the entirety of the movie. Right. Is interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, that he is this, you know, in all of his movies, there's at least one scene where he is he is played as a bit of eye candy, which is fine. You know, but in this movie, no. <laughs> you know, right. I kept expecting there to be a scene where through some sort of magic, you know, he calls the hammer or Stormbreaker and there'll be some lightning that showers over his body and all of a sudden he's ripped again. Right. Because he's clearly in a fat suit. Right. You know, but that doesn't happen. They just leave him heavy the entire time. Right. All they do is like clean up, trim his beard, braid it. Yeah. You know, and he get his Thor suit that he magically call him, uh, calls down just as bigger. Right. <laughs> right. Right. It's just it's just a it's just a double XL this time. Right. Or whatever. So Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't wanna I'm not for, I'm just not for me to say that it's, you know, definitively right or wrong what they do as far no. as that. I but I agree. And I'm not saying that I like I don't understand where people are coming sure. from when they say that. I'm just saying that what they do with his particular character yeah. is is one of the ways that you that people would process grief. Yeah. And especially and that character. trauma. Yeah. Like that everybody processed their trauma in different ways. Right. And you watch you watch Tony process his trauma in Iron Man two. Yep. Gets, right? Yep. Where he is he gets, No Iron Man yeah, where he gets the panic attacks. That's Iron Man three. Iron Man three, right? Yeah. So he's got he's having these panic attacks. He is um uh, you know, sev- seriously suffering from PTSD after mm-hmm. Avengers. Yep. You know, so you see him kind of wrestling with that then. Mm-hmm. Now you're watching, a, you know, a god who is super brash and super full of himself in the first couple of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, have to f- face the fact that he faced like eight or nine successive failures, essentially, right? One right oh. after the other. It, and um, oh, you didn't even mention the Warriors Three. Oh yeah, the Warriors Three are Some dead. Of his best friends for eons yeah. murdered mm-hmm. by his sister, who he eventually had to you know kill. kill. Or well, and he doesn't really kill, kill his her, sister, but, but, but he creates the situation Rachel, where she dies. Right. But like, yeah. So he's he has faced this insert like any one of those things would cause mm-hmm. a lot of trauma. Right. And he has them all within a very short amount of time. I right. mean, Thor Ragnarok literally ends. With Thanos arriving, yeah, you know, so I just thought that, that was an authentic, um, that was a really authentic yeah. kind of character arc that that everybody survived their trauma in a different way, and his was by drowning his sorrows. Yeah. So anyway, it's okay. just powerful. It, yeah, I would agree. All right. All right. So we've each done our three. Yeah. Are we to honorable mentions? Sure. Okay. How are we gonna are we gonna limit these honorable mentions? Because I think we could just keep going. Yeah. Well, let's try to do it. Keep them short, rapid fire, back and forth. Oh. Okay. Can we do that? We can try. Okay. Um. I will go first by saying, really quickly, Rocket Raccoon slapping Thor across the face. <laughs> Come here. Come here. Come here. I mean, Rocket Raccoon slapping an Asgardian god of thunder across the face to get him to, you know. I mean, together. like, I get it. You're sad. You know, your, I, you know, your mom dies today. They're, they're back in time at this point. That's, I don't know what that's going to be like, but she's dead. And you know she's dead. We're here to save a whole lot of other people 
you know, you got to get yourself together. I also lost every person I've ever cared about. Right. And we might be able to get my people back, you know, smack. And I love that. I love Rocket, you know, mm-hmm. not caring for, for like the, like the power level of the character or whatever. Just, right. you know, talking, speaking truth to power in a way. Right. And I just love their relationship. Yeah, they're pretty cool. They're great. Yeah. Um, I liked whole Kate stairs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that little moment where yeah. they've they've made Hulk take the stairs. Yeah. And he's so mad because there's so many, many stairs. Yeah. Uh, you already mentioned it, but I will say uh, Cap saying Hail Hydra in the elevator. Yeah. It's very clever, I felt. So good. So good. Yeah. Um I so this one is a little bit longer. Okay. Um, I have to say, I Thanos and 2014 Thanos is just as sinister as uh, the other 2018 Thanos. Yeah. Right. He is like he literally watches himself get his head cut off. Yeah. Right. Like first he sees, oh yeah, I snapped, I was successful, and he's like, ah, destiny. And then he watches his head chopped off, and he very casually is like. Destiny fulfilled. Right. Like, that's all right. I, I survived. Right. To do what I needed to do, and then I died. But it's okay because I did what I needed to do. They killed me because of what I did. Right. That's that's fine with me. Right. Yeah. But then he comes back with, I got a new plan. Yeah. Like, I, you're just gonna take me to the future where they're gonna have gathered the stones yeah. for me. I'll do it then. We're good. Like, <laughs> you know, like Thanos and his single mindedness. His singularity of purpose. Yeah. Um, I mean, he just did... Josh Brolin did an amazing job with him. And I just thought, like, he just adjusts his plan. Yeah. Like, his plan has simply been to go out and acquire the Infinity Stones himself. Now, he's like, oh, looks like they're going to do it for me. Great. We'll just go to the future. Yeah. And apparently killing half the population was not a good idea because if people can remember what I did... Right. You guys are, like, you're annoying. You won't stop. So I'm just going to kill everybody and let everything, you know, And let everything start restart over. from zero. Right. But, yeah. I mean, just, he's so singular in his purpose that yeah. what he is doing, and that is really um, the, I would say, the the signature of madness, right? Like, he's just right. Yeah. He He's going to justify what he's going to do in any way possible. Uh, and... At no point in time does he possibly think he could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe I shouldn't do this. It's, right. oh, I just didn't go far enough. I'll go further this time. Right? Oh, <laughs> like, right. Like, definitely, he is the Mad Titan. So, I, I thought that was a cool Sounds thing. Sounds like an elected official. Um, <laughs> well, and also, I would say, in part, in, in part of that, I would say his line that he says a couple of different times, I am inevitable, mm-hmm. is haunting mm-hmm. um the effects that they use to show tony stark very like kind of emaciated mm. after he is rescued from space is i mean because there's no way that he i don't think tony that robert downey jr actually lost you know 50 60 pounds or whatever it would take to look like that i'm sure that's probably all kind of cgi would or whatever and it's but it's pff, incredible it, it looks like it looks real mm-hmm. i agree um any more because i have one more i have two more okay so Um, the one i have is time heist yeah i just love that a 
Scott got to name it. Scott Lang got to name it Time mm-hmm. Heist. And everybody just rolled with it. They were like, right. okay, so we're calling this the Time Heist. Okay. Um, I also loved that they rolled out every time travel movie that we've ever heard of. Right. Starting with... At uh, least one non-time travel movie. Back to the Future to Hot Tub Time Machine. Machine. Yep. Like, it was great. Because, of course, they're like, well, what do you think time... How do you think time travel works? And they're like, uh, duh. Right. Using <laughs> movies as some sort of scientific proof that they know what they're talking about when it comes to time travel. Right. But I love that they do because yeah. isn't that what everybody would what say? What other reference do you have, really? Right. Yeah. So um, I just love it. I love the the movies that they list. I love that they're like, yeah, that's how time travel works. Mm-hmm. And I love how just so disappointed they are when yeah. both Stark and the Hulk are like, that's not how time travel works. And right. they're just like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Well, you just made me think of it. So I said I had one more. That just made me think of a second one. Is that um, even though Marvel Comics, I don't think, really does it anymore, for a long time, they did have essentially a policy as it, as it pertains to time travel that you couldn't go back in time. If you tried to go back in time and change a thing, that didn't actually change a thing. It just started an alternate time. timeline, an alternate right. reality, which is how um, the... Uh, multiverse? The multiverse, but a specific thing where someone tried to come back and kill Charles Xavier, the Age of Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. That's what that became. The Age of Apocalypse became this year-long alternate reality in Marvel Comics. Like, nothing was actually changed in the present. It was just someone went back in time to try to murder Charles Xavier, and it started this thing that ended up being an alternate reality. And that's explained in this movie, Mm -hmm. and that's how Marvel Comics used to handle time travel things all the time right so i love that they did that that they're like that doesn't that's not a thing yeah yeah uh but it is a thing it was sort of a thing because they talked about that yeah um so which i'll get to in a little Mm. bit later Mm. so all right and finally yeah it would not be complete and it would not be me if i didn't mention Mm -hmm. valkyrie shows up on pegasus i was so excited she did show up on a flying horse where does pegasus come from like where she just been hiding a Pegasus in Asgard or in New Asgard, Guard, which is apparently in Norway. There's like, a space stable somewhere. Where did assumes. Pegasus come from? I don't care. I love it. I was yeah. so excited when she came flying through mm. on Pegasus. Valkyrie and Pegasus was just an amazing moment. And I want mm. one. Okay. For my last honorable mention, and this will take a second. And I can't believe we have. I was expecting you to mention this earlier, so that's why I left I'm it out of my sure top three. I'm sure it's on my list. Oh, it will be. And this is, but I'm going to step back a few years and go back to when I got back into reading comics heavy, you know, when we first started seeing each other. And one of the first big Marvel comic events that I went and found and read, because it was written by one of my favorite writers, and I wanted to check it out. It's a series called Fear Itself, written mostly by Matt Fraction. Mm-hmm. And I won't get into the details. It's a big thing. It involves Odin's evil brother coming to Earth or whatever. Uh, but what happens is because it prophesizes the death of Thor, Odin takes his son and removes him from Earth and puts him, essentially locks him away from Asgard because he doesn't want his son to die. And so Thor is off the board. and But Mjolnir falls to Earth once Thor is taken away and just sitting there. So it gets down to the end where the final confrontation is going to be, and it is... It is a hope, because most of these things end up there like, it looks hopeless at mm-hmm. some point in time, right? Fraction writes this story to look as about as hopeless as I've ever seen a comic book event t- 
turn, right? So much so that some of Marvel's heroes are like, so world's about to end. I think we're real fucked, really fucked this time. I think I'm just going to go spend it with a loved one if that's okay. And like, so Spider-Man just goes back home to be with Mary Jane. Someone else, I forget who else leaves, just to go be with a loved one. But Captain America. Of course. You know, there's like, he walks, he's walking to where Thor's hammer has fallen. And there's these a bunch of just regular civilians who have like set up a picket line with their rifles or whatever they have. Right. And he stops to talk with them. And they're like, I'm sure you don't want us to get in the way, but we you know we, we, you guys are always fighting for us. We figured we could try to help. You know, we got what we have, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and Captain America says, um, fellas at this point, we're all Avengers. And he reaches down, and he picks up the hammer and the lightning comes down. It's the first time I've ever seen anybody pick up Mjolnir other than a, Thor mm-hmm. and it's like I was just like holy shit that is incredible and it happens in this movie Captain America picks up Mjolnir and knocks Thanos around a lot right and it's incredible it is I mean there when he brings down some lightning on top of Thanos it's like that page from Fear Itself came to life <laughs> and it is uh it is really awesome it's really awesome it's one of those you know kind of fist pup moments that they foreshadowed just a tiny bit way back in Age of Ultron where they had that great dinner scene where everybody, they had that right. game where everybody tried to pick up the hammer but couldn't, but Cap made it move. Right, and Thor was like, wiggled whoa, just whoa, 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 a whoa. little bit, which made Thor nervous. But when it came down to it and, right. the end, and you know, Earth was on the line, Captain America just reached down and picked up the hammer and it was, yeah, it was great. It is really good. I, I honestly didn't pick that cause I was positive you were going to pick it. Yeah. Um, but you know, and there's lots of great exchanges there where, you know, he's got Stormbreaker and Thor has, um, Mjolnir and Thor's like, no, 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 no. I get the big one. You get the little one. Like, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, but the only thing problem was is so you see the hammer being picked up before you see who has it. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh, the vision survived. It's the vision. I was so excited because I thought, because in Age of Ultron, right, you know, vision just picks it up. He mm-hmm. can, he can wield the hammer. He is worthy. Mm-hmm. So I was positive that we were going to see the vision. Right. Come back. And so as excited as I was that Captain America had it, mm-hmm. I was also a little disappointed that um, there was no vision. No. So. Okay. All right. Wow. Uh, so now we get the question, is there anything you didn't like? Yeah, there was. Um, I didn't like that Black Widow died. Yeah. Um, you got to kill Hawkeye there. I'm sorry. Out of the two of them. And I love, I mean, I love comic book Hawkeye. I mean, Jeremy Renner's fine. And this movie iteration of Hawkeye is fine. But nah. Hawkeye's <laughs> got to be the one to go there. Interesting. See, initially I thought so. But the reason I didn't mm-hmm. is because you're supposed to lose what you love, right? And he was not going to die. To Him dying, he wasn't losing what he loved. He was giving, he was dying for what he loved. I, 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 I don't, you know, like, just. I don't know. I mean, that's. You know, I think either one of if either one of them sacrificed themselves, you know, a right. soul for a soul, I feel that that would have been su- sufficient. I just, um, yeah, I just, I don't know, it just bothered me. I mean, you gotta, 
yeah, I was just rathered of of the two of, and plus just how that scene plays out. It, I think it they they kind of play with your expectations. Well, one of them's clearly going to go jump off, and right. then they take turns stopping the other from jumping off. And I right. think they play that one too many times because at the the final time where Widow stops him, I was like, come on, let somebody fall to their death already. This is getting a little <laughs> ridiculous. Wow. But uh, but yeah, I feel I still feel that I would. Yeah, it bothered me that that widow died. I think it should have been Hawkeye. Yeah, I I honestly couldn't decide. You know, I think it would have been painful for either if either one of them had been it. You know. Sure. Um. So I saw I read all the articles that was all upset about Black Widow dying, um, and all the reasons why it was you know horrible and disrespectful and all this stuff. And I I don't know if... I don't know. I think the case could be made equally for either. And apparently okay. there was a version of the script where Hawkeye was the one who died. Okay. Um, I think either one of them would have been painful. And I think the reason it's more painful that it was Black Widow... Okay. ...is because of her presence in so many of the movies... Yeah. ...that she was going to be the one that was going to cause more of a ripple, mm-hmm. you know? Like, she would... Had Hawkeye died, people would have been like, yeah, of course Hawkeye needed to die. Like, oh, of course. That would have been the obvious choice. Right. And so they went with the not obvious choice, mm-hmm. which is causing more... Caused, overall, more angst right? amongst everybody, amongst the fans, amongst, you know... And then people were mad that she didn't get a funeral and i'm like she was she was a spy like she wasn't gonna have a massive state funeral like tony stark was right does did she deserve maybe a more than the moment of mourning she got yes yes she did she deserved more than what she got um but i just feel like because but her death was going to be more impactful Mm. overall than his was and i'll admit that part of my at least a small part of my issue is knowing that they're making a Black Widow movie, and I don't want it to be uh, like a flashback. This movie right. took place in the past. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. You know, I want it to be Natasha in the present doing some spy spycraft something. Right. I don't want this to have, be some sort of well, this was in the eighties when she just got out of the red room. I don't care. Right. This so, is how she was saved. Yeah, I don't want another. Yeah, essentially another origin story. So right. don't want anymore. <laughs> right. Um, there is, so there is a series, a book. It was, it's like a YA book oh, okay. um, heard, yeah. series that I really, I really liked. I read um, the first one and it's called The Red Widow. Mm-hmm. And it's basically about, um, the Red Room, like 3.0. So like Natasha thinks that the Red Room is over and it's oh, kind of her sure. work mm. with, um, another like a young girl kind of she becomes her mentor Mm -hmm. to basically be like okay like you have all these skills and things that you don't know what to do with that you don't know where they came from um and she kind of and you know and basically becomes a reluctant older sister type feature right and i think that would be a cool storyline if they brought in the red widow or something Mm -hmm. like that and kind of her either shutting down the red room or shutting it down for good or 
you know, how do you deal with... She was not the only survivor of the Red Room. Right. You know? So, that would be a cool story to tell. Sure. Also, should have just killed Hawkeye for that haircut. Oh, Tragic. I liked it. Mm-mm. It was perfect. No, it was Oof. Rough. No I liked the mohawk. Thank you very much. Okay. So, um, okay. Well, so here's what I didn't like. Um, so, time travel is confusing. Sure. Um, quantum mechanics is confusing. And in my particular background, I've spent time <laughs> oh, no. dealing with quantum mechanics. Yeah. And talking about it and learning uh, about it and okay. all of these things. Okay. So I have a significant problem. I'm out of beer and this is a problem, but okay. With the time travel. All right. Like timeline issues. Sure. I mean, so Captain America mm-hmm. goes back in time to yep. return all the Infinity Stones. Mm-hmm. When does he return them all? When does he return them? Does he return them... Um, so he has to return the scepter back to 2012. He has to return the, the space stone to 1970, right? Right? Uh, well, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, they, when, when Banner is talking to the ancient one, Mm -hmm. he says, we will return them to the point in time where we took them. Right. So that the timeline doesn't know any different. Right. So, but there was, you know. But there were things that happened that are going to cause them to know. Like, maybe the time, the space stone can be put back without anybody really knowing. mm -hmm. But, um, like, the scepter, he had a huge fight with himself. And Sitwell and Rumlow now think, in 2012, that Captain America is a Hydra agent. Mm -hmm. So... The events that are going to happen in Winter Soldier can't happen because they know that they think he's a Hydra agent. Hmm. They're not going after him because he's not anymore, right? So, like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, So, Loki now steals the Power Stone in 2014. No, the Space Stone. The Space Stone, right? So, the Space Stone, he uses it to disappear. So, how does it get back to Asgard? Which is where, and then how does Loki get it to Thanos? Because again, you've got to go, the timeline is supposed to happen. Right. Thanos is supposed to get all of those other things are supposed to happen. Right. But Loki now has. He has a, a space stone. A space stone with him. And so he's which, alive again in the universe. Right. But that also means that every event that happens after that can't happen now because he's just escaped with the space stone. Well, okay. And then Cap goes back. To live with Peggy. Right. Presumably marry her. Mm-hmm. Which means that he lives through uh, the Vietnam War, the Korean War, mm-hmm. all of these horrible things that are happening, knowing he could do something. Right. But he chooses not to because he doesn't want to mess with the timeline. Right. Is that really Captain America? Is that the Captain America we know? That he could just watch these things happen and not do anything about them? All good questions. I feel... Right. Time travel. Time travel sucks. Or does it? It I would, does. I would say time I don't, travel I, is really messy. Like, uh, yeah, it is. A time travel, especially when it comes to movies, uh, stories in general, doing time travel right uh, without bending your brain or creating a massive plot hole is just hard. Yes. Um, you know, I also had a problem with uh, when I watched it with uh, Nebula, past Nebula, 
helping Thanos get to the present. Like, well, how did... Because they each had enough pen particles for a round trip for their mission, right? So how was she able to get back to the present and then separately bring a shrunken version of Thanos and his ship to the present? Ships. Ships, plural, right? How did, how did that happen? Because she didn't have... because. She only had the one vial. She only had one vial. Right. They they clearly but, synthesized more. D- show that. <laughs> I don't know that. Right. It just it just happens. They're like, well, how did? Because they made a big deal about you know, this is everybody. This is our one shot. Everybody's got enough for one, one round trip. trip. You know, you screw up. We're, this doesn't happen, and we're screwed. But then apparently she somehow has bonus ones because that's the only way that explains that happening. Right. Um, and that was really the one plot hole that bothered me a little bit. Mm-hmm. But everything else about this movie was so cool and so fun. I didn't particularly right. care. Um, the points you get, you bring up are certainly valid. I feel that I can find uh, like headcanon explanations in my head to explain them that are good enough for me. Right. Well, ultimately, this is why all of their conversations about time travel, like Stark and Hulk, where they're like, right. well, time travel does blah, 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 Your present, you're like, you can't, if you change the past, that doesn't become your new present. Right. It doesn't change your present. Your Yeah. Like, all of that was specifically said just to mess with everybody and be like, and it was specifically to set the stage for. Hot Tub Time Machine, Back to the Future, Time Cop, whatever, all the other movies they listed, Mm -hmm. that uh, they were all wrong. So that you can't be like, well, in Back to the Future, they did blah, 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 because they specifically point out that's wrong. Right. So it was just designed to mess with your brain so that you didn't think too hard about it. Also, possibly to give themselves some sort of wiggle room for the future. Right. Right. You know, I don't think it was designed for everything to, for the timeline to be put back exactly perfectly as it was so that there can be some mm-hmm. stories to tell some stuff to mess with going forward right yes i just i just felt like some of those things are glaring errors like i just don't understand how captain america who has you know when he's when you see when i see something wrong i just gotta get it i gotta right. fix it right is mm. able to sit there and be like look at all of these these tragic things that have occurred between 1970 and 2012 when I come out of the ice, uh, I'm just going to sit here and, and be in love with Peggy and that Peggy runs shield. Right. And then goes home every night to captain Rogers and nobody knows. Come on. There is a comic book series called secret Avengers. How do you know that captain America isn't doing things on the sly? And uh, it's and you know what I like the idea of Steve Rogers after everything that we saw him go through, especially after this movie, and he had a chance to go back to that woman, you know, mm-hmm. for that dance, you know. His and he's love. like, I could see him saying, yeah, I could see, uh, you know what, you know what, I, I'm done fighting, and this is just mm-hmm. what I want now. And I think that's, I think that's, and I like that. Okay. Another thing I didn't like. Is uh, Scott Lang uh, consistently being treated like a dumb buffoon? I mean, it's treated for laughs, mm-hmm. but he's treated like in like an idiot. Uh, yeah. Scott Lang. 
I mean, sure, he's not like the genius level intellect of Tony Stark or Bruce Banner, but it's mentioned in the in the Ant Man movie, and it is the case in the comics. He's got like a master's uh, in electrical engineering. Mm-hmm. He's not an you know he's not an idiot, but like you know like Rocket Raccoon talks to him like he's you know like he's a dog or something right. at some point. I just I don't know. I just got a little. I mean, um, they change his character. From the first Ant Man, and even into Ant Man and the Wasp, yeah. he's 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 dumbish, yeah, right. And and then in this one, he's you know he's the dumbest person in the room, yeah. And I feel like he's a, he might be the dumbest person in the room, but he's still damn but he's, smart, yeah. yeah. So don't belittle him in that way. Yes, I, I didn't care for that. I mean that uh, like, um, what's the actor's name? Paul Rudd? Yeah, Paul Rudd. I mean, he's great at that sort of comedy. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, don't don't use that as an excuse to make him right. be stupid. So, Anything else for you? However, he is the one who comes up with the time heist. Right. He's, that's what bothered me the most. He's the one who came up, who came forward with, we could fix this and this is why. I have, the, an, right. I have personal experience with this thing. And right. then to just get treated like a child the rest of the time bothered right. me. I, I yeah I could see that yeah so um but overall even with these what three and a half ish minor things that we don't like right it's still yeah. an excellent movie I have one more minor thing the rat <laughs> the rat that saved the universe nothing in this Ooh. movie happens. If a rat doesn't somehow stumble across a control panel in Scott Lang's van to release him from the quantum realm. Correct. By accident. Correct. I wish they would have come up with something else to get him out of the quantum realm. I feel like it should have been Cassie. Like, I have a hard time believing that she let all of her dad's stuff just end up in some random storage unit. That she wouldn't have been like, this was my dad's van. I want to keep it. Yeah, that would have been so much a better scene. She's like, I mean, or she like... Maybe it get, ends up in a storage locker that she's unaware of, and mm-hmm. then she finds it somehow, and right. she's just going through her stuff because she's like, you know, and Cause she's finding her dad's stuff, and she knows he's Ant Man, so she would see all this stuff and be like, oh, this is my dad's Ant Man stuff. stuff. Yeah, and it's by her accident, right. you know. That would be that would have liked that so much better. Yeah. Anyway. Other than the rat that saves the world, the oh, universe, man. the universe. That was tough. Yeah, the rat that saved the universe. Oh. All right. All right. Is that it? I well, no. I'm sure we could yeah. keep talking about this. Yeah, we could go you could we could probably go back to do you have any more honorable mentions and I could probably think of another five. I have a bunch more honorable mentions that yeah. I didn't even talk about. Yeah. It's uh it's just uh it's just such a big movie with so much and so much stuff. Right. And and we would go see this again, you know, and come out and I would have other things I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Like I can, I can right now be thinking of three other things that I'm like, oh, but if we do that, we're just going to keep on going. Yeah. Pretty soon our podcast is going to be three hours long. Uh, well, it's already an hour and almost 20. So, so I guess this will be something where people are going to have to email us with their thoughts, their opinions. Do they agree or disagree so that we can keep talking about it in another podcast? That would be great because I'm already thinking, I don't know what the next movie we're going to do is, but after seeing this, whatever that movie is, it's going to be a super disappointment. I don't know. John Wick 3 is coming out soon. 
Well, yeah, that's in a few weeks, though. But I mean, specifically like, the next movie oh, to yeah. follow this is oh, going to yeah. be a bummer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is. It is probably going to have to be like a movie that we find on like Amazon or Netflix, yeah. which we can intentionally laugh at or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. We'll think of something. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, definitely, especially for this movie, because it's something that's so big and the world is watching it. Mm-hmm. It's setting. Hopefully, it does take down Avatar as the biggest box office movie ever. I think it will. Because uh, I, I don't I know that I like that movie. <laughs> so <laughs> I would love for Endgame to be number one. Maybe and, that's the one we do. We do Avatar. Oh. Okay. Maybe we don't. Maybe not. Um but we'll think of something. But yeah, email uh, the podcast, ddkpodcasting at gmail.com. Tell us what uh, you thought of Endgame, your favorite thoughts. Your, mm-hmm. you know, If you have problems with like the time travel plot holes, egregious errors that bothered you, uh, and why, or whatever. Um, that would be really cool. I'd love to see what everybody, anybody has to think. Uh, but yeah so until then uh, thanks for listening uh, this has been the Cold Beer and Cool Movie Podcast you can find us on SoundCloud and a bunch of other places where you get mostly get your podcasts and uh, I'm exhausted me too but in a good way in the like best way satisfied way yeah for sure I mean incredible way that's such just a, a storytelling on a scale never seen before correct and I loved it all. So, yeah, but uh, hey, until next week. Go see a movie. And thanks, everyone, for listening.